Hello, America. We have been working all day and all last night to bring you this program. Um, we just this morning, I had a conversation with Trump's lead attorney. I was on the phone with Alan Dershowitz, um, who had some very surprising and very sad things to say. I don't know if you're a fan of Alan Dershowitz or not, but the guy, one thing that can be said for him is he has always stood for the Bill of Rights. Um, and it was sad to see an 85 year old guy say, I'm alone. All my friends tell me, what are you doing? He's like, I'm standing for the Bill of Rights. I'm standing for our founders. Um, you should go back and listen to the podcast today with him because it was it was rather inspiring. Um, we're being taught very carefully taught uh, what we can and cannot do. And we've entered a new place in American history. There is evil everywhere. You know it because it's in your schools. How is it that we're really, tomorrow I'm going to be talking on radio about uh, what the other countries around the world are doing with this transgender nonsense. Some of them helped lead the way. They're all abandoning it now, saying this was crazy, this does not work. We're doubling down. How did this happen to us? Well, we don't live in the America that we've, we grew up in. And for some people who don't understand the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, they have no idea what they're really about to lose. I'm going to show you. This is uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, that was happening last night as President Trump's motorcade made its way to the airport. Former president, the front runner in the next election. Let me say that again. The former president, the front runner in the next election, is being indicted by his political opponents. Now, this obviously has never happened in American history. Why? Because we, up until now, have never been a Marxist country. We're not the Soviet Union. We're not China. We have never been communist. This is exactly what Marxists do. And uh, the land of the free, not so much. Let me give you a couple of examples. In 1965, I think it was in October, Leonard Brezhnev conspired and deposed his political opponent, Nikita Khrushchev. You ever wonder what happened to Khrushchev? He was on vacation before being recalled to a uh, private Politburo tribunal. Then he was put on house arrest for the rest of his life. Let me give you another example. Anybody on television who saw this next example and are saying, you know, this is a sad, sorrowful, very somber day for us to see this happening. If they saw this and were pointing out the truth that this is horrifying, they have absolutely no credibility. Just a couple of months ago, we saw this scene. This is the Chinese president forcibly removing his political opponent in front of the entire world. He knew he didn't want to go, hey, Z, help me out. What are you doing here? You'll notice nobody is looking. Why? Why is no one looking? They're not looking because they don't want to be next. Because the message has already been sent. You're next. Now, how many of us are quiet? How many Americans that you know still whisper when they say what they truly believe? 
We are not the radicals. We are not the anarchists. We are not the ones trying to overthrow the United States government. I still believe in the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. They do not. I'm not whispering my support, nor should you. What is the difference between what I just showed you in China and what's happening now to Donald Trump? Z doesn't have to pretend. We have the media here pretending. I want to show you this, and, and maybe you'll think this is the campaign ad that's coming, but watch carefully. Please replay the video of Trump's motorcade, and let me narrate something. One man stood in defiance of the establishment. The state knew that he could not be silenced. They knew he could not be bought. They also sat in fear as they watched a movement slowly grow around him. So they drummed up case after case. In the end, four total cases in an attempt to wield the legal system as a weapon. Well, one finally stuck. It was something in regards to the misappropriation of funds. And with that, their political opponent decided to turn himself in. When he departed, he said, quote, I am completely happy. This is the best day in five months. I know I'm in the right and that the criminal cases against me were fabricated. And with that, he was taken to court. Okay, what I just read to you, that's not about Donald Trump. It's not. It's not a campaign ad, although it might make an effective campaign ad for him. It is exactly what the Russians recently did to Alexei Navalny. That's Putin's political opponent. So I don't know. Maybe the American Democrats who say they hate Putin should maybe start looking at what they're doing because they're staring into the abyss too long because they're now mimicking the exact actions of the person they supposedly despise the most. And that is, well, I mean, of course, it's it's Trump. And then a long way down, it's Hitler and then Putin, I think. My question is, is there any way to come back from this? Soviet communist, Chinese communist and now American leftist. What is the difference? And what have they turned us into? Look at how they've persecuted our president, Trump. Look what he has endured. I don't care if you don't like him or not. The Russian hoax. We know that was a hoax. Nobody paid for that. He was impeached twice on that. New York State case regarding the Trump organization. They paid the fine. Georgia case regarding the 2020 election. The federal case with the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And now the current indictment in Manhattan. Look at this list. This is ridiculous. Tell me this isn't what a banana republic does. And to answer my previous question, I'm not sure if we can ever come back from this. I, I have had conversations with people I respect who revere the Constitution and are historians and politicians, and they've all told me for years, the minute we start prosecuting our opponents is the day that we begin to completely fall apart and never come back. 
I told you at one point the masks would come off. I said that they would, would not have any fear. They were excited to show you who they really were and what they stood for. If you are willing and able to impeach an American president twice on lies that you yourself fabricated, accuse him of being a Russian asset, then launch four criminal cases against him to try to keep him from returning to the Oval Office, they obviously don't have anything to fear. They do not care, and they're excited to show you their future. Let me show you how blatant this is. For years, the current case against Trump has been sitting on a shelf because they couldn't make it stick. But now, all of a sudden, it's been leaked. They somehow were able to dig up 34 felonies where there was previously zero felonies. Curious. You know what else is curious? The reporter that received this illegal leak is Michael Isakoff, the exact same journalist that Christopher Steele first started leaking parts of the Steele dossier to. Wow. What a coincidence. But don't look now, because it almost seems like the same political operatives that were involved pushing the Russian hoax are also hard at work to convince Trump uh, to convict Trump today. A lot of people have pointed out that this district attorney, Alvin Bragg, has ties to George Soros. Now, I only say this because he's Jewish or I don't care that he's Jewish. I'm only saying it because he's destroying the country. Soros gave $1 million to the PAC Color of Change, who then started giving cash to Bragg's campaign. Just a couple of days before he wrote that check, they said, we really need a million dollars so we can give it to uh, 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 Alvin Bragg's campaign. Then he wrote a check a couple of days later for a million dollars, but there's no connection there. Then Soros's son also gave $10,000 to Bragg's campaign, and his son's wife also donated $10,000 more than three days later. Wow, what a family. Soros' involvement is nothing new and doesn't surprise me in the slightest, but Soros is just a cog in a much larger wheel, and I'm not gonna give him sole credit here. To do so would give the Democrats an alibi. I'm just curious how involved the federal government was, in, was involved in this. How deep? Bragg has confirmed, confirmed that federal funds were used in the probe of President Trump. His, his office also has connections that go straight to the Biden Department of Justice. Now, if Republicans want to get to the bottom of some of these federal funds, Maybe they should look into that. Did Joe Biden's DOJ play any role here? Well, back in December, the New York Times reported that Bragg had hired Matthew Colangelo. He's going to join the team. Well, who's this guy? Well, Mike Davis from the Internet Accountability Project recently pointed out that Colangelo was previously a senior White House economic advisor to President Obama a top aide to Obama labor secretary and future DNC chair, Tom Perez. He's also a top lawyer to the Obama Civil Rights Division head, Tom Perez. But he had never served as a line prosecutor or a defense attorney. He seemed a lot more like just a senior Democratic operative. So what did Bragg hire him to do? 
Well, Colangelo previously led the New York Attorney General's civil inquiry into Trump. But in January 2021, he left New York State and was hired directly by Biden's Department of Justice. His title, Acting Associate Attorney General. I think that's kind of like the intern to the interns. Now, I find this curious, and maybe it's just me. An activist Democratic operative who spends his time with the New York AG investigating Trump gets a senior position and Biden's DOJ, and the timing of his tenure there is, well, interesting. Uh, I mean, because this is exactly the time when the Justice uh, Department weaponized against pro-life groups. And just three months after this insane abuse of power against pro-lifers, Alvin Bragg hired him away from the DOJ to work from his office to refocus on Trump. Word of the day, curious. As we saw with Obamagate, the attacks on Trump went straight to the top. How many Democratic fingerprints are on this attack? How far are they willing to go to eliminate their political opponents? I don't know if we ever come back from this, but I will tell you this, I ain't gonna sit down and I'm not gonna shut up. I'll show you what they've done to our republic next. So there is a uh, story that uh, just crossed the wire that is going to be in the New York Times tomorrow from David French. Um, I only have a three-hour radio program tomorrow to answer his ridiculous op-ed. Uh, now, I try to be Christian, and I don't remember Jesus ever calling anyone a piece of garbage, but I'm not Jesus. Um, let me just give you a little, and then we'll finish it on tomorrow's program. Fox News host Tucker Carlson signaled the next dangerous phase of the Trumpist assault on the rule of law. We began to watch a replay of the circumstances that led to the violent assault on the Capitol January 6th. Really? Were you seeing that the FBI was having meetings and saying, let's infiltrate? It continued. The former Fox News host Glenn Beck told Carlson that he predicted by 2025, America would be at war, not with itself, with Russia or China. Why? Because Biden is a piece of garbage that doesn't have a spine. Uh, that we would have a currency collapse? Stand by it. And uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll live in a virtual police state. Well, if those two things happen, I can guarantee it. We're almost there, David. I don't know if you've noticed, but the state is violating all of our rights. All of our rights. He said the Bill of Rights is gone. Yeah, I did say that. I did say that. Show me where it's being enforced. Show me, show me where politicians are and judges are upholding the Bill of Rights. I'll have more on that tomorrow. Have you subscribed to The Blaze yet? Because I could blow a gasket and then it's just you and me. No sponsors, nothing, just you and me. But that's what I built this network for. So if you would like to hear the whole truth and nothing but the truth, at least in my humble opinion, that David French is a piece of garbage, I'm sorry. 
I shouldn't have said that. Yes, you should. No, you shouldn't. Oh. What to do, what to do. Uh, make sure you subscribe right now. Because, in fact, we put the promo code in stand up because that's what we have to do. I am not going to sit down. I am not going to listen to people. I talked about peace on Tucker Carlson. I talked about Jesus and peace on Tucker Carlson. Uh, where'd you put that? Oh, you didn't. You didn't. You're just smoking your New York Times uh, uh, pipe right now. I've got another way to condemn the right. <laughs> okay, let's go back. In Biden's America, you can identify pretty much whatever you want. You can be a man that thinks he's a woman or a woman that thinks she's a man or like this one, a girl who thinks she's a male hawk named Horace. Okay, I mean, follow the science, right? Now, these rules also apply to the United States of America. We no longer operate as a republic for which we were established. We are now what I like to call a banana republic, sponsored by Chiquita Bananas. Now, I think that identifies the United States right now. If you don't know what a banana republic is, because it's been used a lot. It's a banana republic, both the left and the right are constantly saying it. It's the most important election we've ever had in the banana republic. Okay. Democrats invoked the name during January 6th, said the right has been saying it uh, all the time. Last time, now we're saying it in the aftermath of January 6th. And I, I, I don't. What's a banana republic? Well, it's really easy. Uh, how the left under Joe Biden has transformed into something more akin to, I don't know, early 1900s South America. Banana republics are in places like Guatemala, Honduras. They share shocking similarities with everything we're seeing now being preached from, I don't know, the World Economic Forum in Davos. Hey, David, is that a conspiracy? Or the Democrats at the White House and Congress. Now, let me show you. South American banana republics were created in similar ways and shared the same characteristics. A profitable resource. In this case, bananas. That doesn't really look like a banana, but it's supposed to be one. Anyway, um, bananas were identified by a corporation and they got together with a government like, hey, we've got one crazy banana population. We should share it with the world. And the government was like, well, that would be great. Now we're going to have to make some laws <coughs> to make sure that uh, Chiquita gets her, uh, her money. You know, <coughs> Public-private partnerships were established between the company and the host government. Now, the resource made everyone involved rich. Everybody else, not so much. The government and the corporation used any means necessary to ensure the money flowed. Okay. These are the things they corruption, public-private partnership. Everybody's getting ready, really getting rich. Justice then becomes uh, a weapon, power and wealth restricted to those at the top. And you, the little people, sorry. Now, banana republics had these three things in common. Corruption was the name of the game. Corruption was tolerated to keep the regime in control. Two, 
justice. Justice became a tool. Guilty until proven innocent. Hey, does anybody remember what Nancy Pelosi just said? She was like, great, now he can prove his innocence. No, that's not the way it works unless you're in Chiquita Banana World. Operatives infiltrated the justice system to control and punish anyone who would dissent. And then here's my favorite. The, the, the fear that the government used as leverage on the average person, they used the, uh, the word in this, a shock and awe to keep people in line and working for the public-private partnership because bananas are so very important, okay? It's like, it's like green energy. Green bananas, green energy, it's the same. It's so important. Now, uh, look at what we're building with the Great Reset, including here with the Biden administration. What are they doing? Oh, they're building public-private partnerships. That's right. We've joined forces with Western elites. We haven't really included the little people, but do they really even read or have ears? So we've replaced bananas with green energy. And just like in the early 1900s, it didn't have anything to do with the welfare of the people involved. It was about power, control, and money, period. Corruption is now the name of the game. Protected class, live under a separate form of justice. Hunter Biden, sure, there's video evidence of him actually weighing crack with a Russian hooker. But it's just, it's just Hunter being Hunter. The Pelosi's make millions as the government makes parallel regulatory moves, you and I get audited. They get rich. And speaking of audits, the government colludes with the largest corporations in the country to spy and censor you. And the same day this is revealed to Congress, the journalist that broke the story, Matt Taibbi, gets a visit from the IRS. Uh, we got to look, uh, look around here. Hey, 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 Matt Taibbi, what, huh? What is this? As the early banana republics, anything to protect the regime, justice is a tool. I mentioned earlier how pro-lifers were targeted by the DOJ. This came in the aftermath of the downfall of Roe versus Wade. It took the government half a year to finally pull the trigger on bringing charges on some of those people because it was dark. That's honestly the DOJ's excuse. It was dark. The cases were flimsy. The government knew it. It's political persecution and everyone knows it. Guilty until proven innocent. Not here in America. That's what's happening here. No one is above the law. Really, no one's above the law, except all the people that Alvin Bragg is letting go. This is a Davos-inspired dystopia. And there are political targets like President Trump and nothing else. What about the operatives infiltrating law and order to control and punish those who threaten the regime? Everyone's heard that Alvin Bragg's has ties to George Soros. But take a look at the map. Soros has an army of prosecutors spread out all over the United States. What are you doing if you have a prosecutor in your state? Are you leading a movement to get them kicked out? Democrats in the mainstream media have tried to downplay what Soros is doing with our justice system, but the facts do not lie. The Capitol Research Center has done amazing work naming all of these radical prosecutors. The list is up at glennbeck.com. 
don't do anything crazy. All you have to do is lead a campaign to have them recalled. Stand up in your own state and community. Back with Mark Levin in a second. Joining me now is somebody who's been at the tip of the spear following the Russia hoax, the Obamagate, you know, problems all from the beginning. This latest indictment against President Trump may be a point of no return for the republic, and I can't think of anybody better to ask other than the great one, Mark Levin. Happened to be having dinner with the president moments after the indictment was announced last week. Mark, thank you, sir. How are you? Glenn, how are you, my friend? I think we need to call me the great big one now. I'm about 25 pounds overweight. <laughs> Only anyway, 25, I'm about 60. So anyway. <laughs> um, so, Mark, first of all, let's start with the dinner. Uh, how, did that, how did that go? What was his mood? What was he thinking? Well, you know, I interviewed him uh, for a couple hours for the Fox show, and I, he asked me to stay for dinner, which would be in a few hours. I said, great. So I took off to take a drive. About a half hour later, I hear that uh, he's going to be indicted. And uh, I call back to Mar Largo, to his people, and I say, you sure you want me to come back? He said, no, no, he wants you to come back. And it was a, an honor. I sat at the table with him and the first lady and a couple other people there. And he was, he's remarkable. I wouldn't be able to eat. Would you, Glenn? He no. was eating. He was, no. he was pleasant. He's a tremendous host, as you no doubt know. He, yeah. uh, he, uh, he said, you believe this stuff? I said, I don't. And uh, it, it was just weird because yeah. he, was, he was like a normal guy, as pleasant as could be, as nice as could be. But you could also see he just would shake his head about how ridiculous this whole thing. And by weird, I don't mean him. I mean, what's happening is just so bizarre. It is. And, um, yeah. I, you know, so said, he was great. I've said for years that there's going to come a time when you don't recognize your country. And I think that happened last year. And last year I said, no, 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 it's going to be as different in a year from now. And here we are. And Mark, I think we're a banana republic. We're in a tyranny. It's just a question of what degree of tyranny now. And we have to try and claw our way back. I used to talk about us at the precipice looking into the abyss. We're in the abyss. Yeah. And the question is whether we can claw our way out. They crossed the uh, ideological Rubicon in the indictment of Trump. Uh, it's a non-case. I mean, uh, I don't think people want to keep hearing about yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah. There is no case. There is no law. There is no justification for any of this. Or, by the way... Atlanta or Washington either, as far as I'm concerned. These are all preposterous attempts to go after him over documents and things of that sort. Let me play something. I had Ellen Dershowitz on uh, today on radio, and uh, it was a little unsettling. Listen to what he told me. Well, this case will be one, but not immediately. Um, there's a possibility they could make a change of venue motion. It will be denied, and that could be appealed, or the statute of limitations. But otherwise, it will have to run its course, and that will be, you know, two appeals, et cetera, and that will take us through the election. Uh, I think there'll be a conviction in this case if it's tried in New York in front of a New York jury. Wow. Holy cow. He said he thinks there'll be, not based on the facts, 
But just based on the fact that it is happening in Manhattan, and as he said, who wants to walk around in Manhattan and be one of the jurors that just let Donald Trump go? He is enemy number one in Manhattan. That's stunning. Well, if there is a trial, this is why the prosecutor threw 34 charges against the wall, uh, hoping he can grab just one of the 34, uh, even though they're, they're piled on charges. Now, that said, uh, the reason you get to file motions uh, is because they're going to be challenging uh, the sufficiency of these charges and the sufficiency of the evidence right up front. So it depends what this judge does or some future judge does. So before we get to a trial, there's all these motion hearings right. that will take place. Uh, he wants the defense to get their all their motions in by August. He wants the government to respond. I think it was by September 9th or 19th. Uh, he will make his rulings after that. I just don't trust this guy. You know, his uh, his daughter worked for Kamala Harris. Oh, he works for a number of Democrats. There is there is no way in yeah. the America that I understand that this guy doesn't recruit to recuse himself. There, there, I mean, how how can you possibly be given to act blue uh, and to a another pact to stop Trump and then have your daughter do what she does? I, and you don't recuse yourself? You think you can be impartial? I don't, I don't even understand that. As a matter of fact, under the New York Rules of Professional Conduct for Attorneys, and by the way, this is in every state, and it's also with the ABA rules nationally, if there's an appearance of a conflict, an appearance of a conflict, you are to recuse yourself. Well, by God, there's clearly an appearance of a conflict, and he should recuse himself. In fact, he should be recusing himself. This prosecutor who ran on prosecuting mm -hmm. another person, he should be disbarred. But what's the problem? The problem is the Bar Association and the courts in New York are all Democrat, all left wing. This is what happens when you have one party rule. And that's what the Democrats are trying to do nationally by taking the voting system in California and imposing it on us by having the borders open. So people coming across of bad will and goodwill have absolutely no attachment to our history, or our constitution, many of whom are illiterate in their own language. So we can talk about separation of powers and things all we want. They don't know what the hell we're talking Correct. about. That's why a lot of these cities are allowing illegal aliens to vote and taking away voter ID so they can wind up voting in, in federal elections and we wouldn't have any way to deal with it. The Democrat Party is corrupt. The Democrat Party is totalitarian, and they are dragging this country over the over the cliff. It's that simple. It's that sad. I will tell you that it uh, it makes me very nervous. One story that probably hasn't gotten any attention today that came out about eleven o'clock today was Jamie Dimon from uh, who's he with Citigroup, and he uh, or J.P. Morgan, and he came out and he said. Um, we probably need to do some sort of eminent domain to take farmland to be able to build wind, windmills and solar panels all across the country. You're now talking about seizing people's property for green energy? I, I mean, I just don't know how much longer before people really wake up to where we are. We are in a very scary place. Climate change, it really started in the 1970s, as you know, in Europe. It's the degrowth movement of the radical Correct. left. From the 1960s. And they, they, and, they dress it, it, yeah. and, and they dress it up as climate change. And yep. notice, 
It's an attack on private property rights. It's an mm -hmm. attack on uh, capitalism. It's an attack on commerce, wealth creation, prosperity. Individual rights. The whole thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jamie Dimon, probably they're upset with him today for opening his mouth. Uh, but the truth is, how many propellers can you have? You know, you're going to have to take a lot of land in order to have propellers, aren't yep. you? But it's even more than that. Um, we're not going to have fossil fuels. We're not going to have gas-driven cars. In addition to this, you have HUD changing zoning laws for all of our communities. Uh, so we're all going to be packed in tighter and tighter spaces, yep. having to take public transportation. I'm telling you, this is, this is what I wrote about. This is American Marxism. That's exactly what's taking place here. And the reason they want to take out Trump, to be perfectly honest with you, is he's a historic figure. Mm -hmm. And uh, he fights them. He takes them on. He's not Chris Christie or Larry Hogan or these other fools. And he is—he's a—he's yeah. not just um, uh, American and an icon. He's an icon of capitalism and the individual. And now he has become the symbol of everything. I—I I mean, this way I look at him. I look at him. And I shake my head every time. I'm like, what? How? How is this guy still standing? This guy just is getting arrow after arrow after arrow, and it's not because of him. It's because of us. They've got to take him out to be able to get to the rest of the country. That is 100% correct. And you asked me about that dinner, and I marveled how strong this man is. He doesn't need any of this. He didn't have to get involved in any of this. He's a multi-billionaire. He has a wonderful life. But the more they push him, the more he pushes back. And this is what they hate. They figured by now that he would collapse. Nixon collapsed. Others collapsed. This guy will not collapse. He stands up to these prosecutors. He stands up to the media. He stands up to the establishment. He comes by his conservatism, not by philosophy, but by common sense. He's sort of a common sense guy who has seen more and more and more, both in his business life and now in his political life, that conservatism, that liberty, that individualism, that the Constitution, that they're right, that they protect you. And if you're not going to embrace them at a time like this, well, then when are you going to embrace them? Okay, These so, are the principles we need. So I was with some politicians last night who shall remain unnamed. And uh, tell us, they, they brought up a possibility and I want to run it by you and get your advice because I want to. I'll support whoever the candidate is, it's Donald Trump, if it's if it's, uh, you know, Pinocchio, at least I'll watch his nose and I'll be able to know when he's lying. Um, I don't care who the person is. I just don't want Gavin. I don't want Kamala. I don't want I don't, none of the Marxists, none of the Marxists. So how do we get there? And I want to ask you that in just 60 seconds. So Mark Levin, by the way, the co-founder of Blaze TV. I started the Blaze. He started CRTV. We came together. And uh, thank you for that, Mark. I, I, it's a great uh, honor, Glenn. I am uh, worried more uh, than ever before that voices are going to start going away. And uh, we've built a platform together that will hopefully weather the storm. Um, so thank you for that, Mark. Well, you've done a great job. Um, let, me, um, let me take you to uh, the election. 
Alan Dershowitz said something, and it was very much what I heard from a couple of guys uh, last night um, that are in Washington. And they both made it very clear they'll absolutely support whoever it is, Donald Trump, Mickey Mouse, doesn't matter. We've got to stay together as a party. Um, but they said, this will go all the way through the election, most likely, unless it's dismissed. And then there's four others. Uh, and so this election period, and I think this is what they're doing, they're making this again, the media will make this all about Donald Trump and all about he's a liar. And back and forth, we'll be arguing he's a liar, he's not. In the meantime, we won't be talking about possible war. We won't talk about possible financial collapse. We won't talk about getting our superpower back. We won't talk about, you know, China. We won't be talking about anything other than Donald Trump. I, if I'm Donald Trump, I, I don't quit. I mean, if I'm him, I, I never stop. But I also, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, I also think, is there a way that I can play kingmaker and not be the distraction? Can I still do something and not be the distraction? Or is the distraction just the distraction, Mark? You know, the other day, Glenn, they started on DeSantis. They started calling DeSantis an anti-Semite on MSNBC yeah. and on the other networks. This is a guy that's been more pro-Israel than anybody I can think of yeah. other than Trump. Uh, and he has a huge following of Orthodox Jews all over the country, including in Florida. And they called him an anti-Semite because he dared to challenge George Soros. The problem we have in this country is we have an American Pravda that is so thoroughly corrupt. And yet this platform's created, there's other alternatives that are created, but they still have the biggest platform. Yeah. And this drumbeat day in and day out whether it's been fascistic societies or Marxist societies to control the speech, to control the language, to control the narrative day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out, is a problem that we've yet to figure out. These people use liberty to destroy liberty, and they use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. Now, having said that, um, there are certain things we can do. Our billionaires need to step up like Soros does. Amen. And they need to put their money where their mouths are. They're going to cease to exist themselves. Right. Our district attorneys and our attorneys general in the states, they need to step up. They need to scour their law books and they need to sue these bastards in every way they possibly can, just like they do to us. So it's not that we can stop the left and the Democrat Party from doing what they're doing. We need to start doing what they're doing. So Yes. Okay, so let me ask you two questions. And I have an example of one that worked, by the way. Go ahead. The independent counsel statute was in existence. It was passed during the Carter administration. It was written by Barney Frank and Christopher Dodd, and it was unleashed against Ronald Reagan with Iran-Contra, and then it was unleashed more against uh, George H.W. Bush, and then it was unleashed against Bill Clinton. By Janet Reno, of all people, mm -hmm. and you had Ken Starr, and you had uh, Robert Ray and others. And so the Democrats and the Republicans on Capitol Hill said, let us let this law lapse, because we're getting killed by it. 
and they let it lapse. The problem is when you have Mitch McConnell and guys like that who are not really up for the fight or yeah. in for the fight, or when you have blowhards like Chris Christie going on TV attacking our guys, and that's how he gets his pay at uh, ABC mm -hmm. News, that's a problem. That's why we have to ignore that. And our guys in the House, our folks in the states, in the counties where we have DAs, you need to punish these bastards. You need to make it abundantly clear. Oh, okay, you've set a precedent. We've said that. This guy Bragg set a precedent. But it shouldn't just be a precedent for Democrats. If we don't have mutually assured destruction, I hate to tell you this, Glenn, if we don't have mutually assured destruction, then we're destroyed. Nothing. Well, That's I will tell you this. There's no mutually assured destruction. The, the Republicans are just weak and pathetic, and they're generally pathetic all around the country. Um, not always. We have several AGs that have stepped up and started to challenge. But I will tell you this. You know, I'm looking at a list of all of the all of the felonies, all of the laws that were broken by Hunter Biden. And it's more than one page. It's several pages long. And there are several states where these laws were broken. It's not just in Delaware and Washington, D.C. and New York. It's also in Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas. And I don't know why people in those states are not taking Hunter Biden to task in the same way, except with actual crimes. Well, two things. Got to make sure they're state crimes or they can do what Bragg does, try and figure out how to pull in some federal offense and do it. And don't worry about what the press says. I'll give you another example. I have argued over the decades that you cannot indict a sitting president. It's also the position of the Department of Justice. But if some prosecutor thinks they have a case against Joe Biden, indict him. The issue hasn't been solved or resolved. It hasn't been taken to the Supreme Court yet. This is what the Democrats do. They knew they had no case on the emoluments clause, but they did it anyway. Joe Biden knows half the things he does are unconstitutional, goes all the way to the court, and then they have to reverse him. Okay. Well, part of the game is to bog them down and make them play defense. This is the only way that we're not, I'm not saying we're going to get our country and our culture back, but it's the only way to begin to push back and make it clear to the yeah. Democrat Party that they don't control this country. Because right now, the Democrat Party controls all aspects of the government, whether they win elections or not. They built this Leviathan with the help of Republicans, but it belongs to them. And they are creating some kind of a society in which they empower themselves, which they destroy the courts. They destroy the Senate by packing the Senate. They destroy the Electoral College. So all these people in all these other states don't have a say, just the East and the West Coast. So if we don't get smart, if we don't use the law against them, we're going to drown. It's that simple. Well, uh, you, you look back at all the times that we have had, you know, somebody that we could have gone after. Um, we let him pass every single time. We just let it go. And I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I know you, you, you know, the Supreme Court is yet unsettled on whether you can indict a sitting president. If he's breaking the laws and the Constitution and he is operating let's say, blowing up a Nord Stream pipeline and doing it without the constitutional protections, I say round them up. They should go to so jail. I, I agree. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Mark.
God bless. All right, brother. All right. God bless you. You bet. Mark Levin, whose show you can see here on Blaze TV. As I said just a few minutes ago, um, this is an extraordinary time. I can't tell you what is coming other than more interesting things. But your subscription now to The Blaze means the world. Um, please stay in touch with us. Become a member uh, of The Blaze. Stand up is the promo code at blazetv.com. You'll receive 20% off your subscription. Now stand up. And Mark and I both thank you.